Welcome to the Cowie Baptist Church podcast. To learn more about Cowie, including in our gathering times, visit us online at cowie.church. Enjoy the message. Amen and amen. Good morning, church. Beautiful worship to our great God. I'm reminded this morning that there's a tomb in Jerusalem that's empty. And a throne in heaven that's occupied by the King of kings and Lord of lords. And he is worthy of all of our praise. He is worthy of all of our worship. And we uh, long for that day uh, that we will uh, see him face to face. And we uh, live this day in light of that day. We are uh, so grateful that you're here this morning. If you are a guest with us, we are uh, just encouraged by your presence with us this morning. And we are uh, in a series called By Faith, and we're uh, looking at uh, Hebrews chapter 11 and this uh, faith chapter, really, that we uh, see the testimonies of uh, those of old who walked by faith, and we, uh, we look ahead uh, to the promises of God. We look back, and we're reminded of the faithfulness of God. We, we sung this morning, right? We've witnessed it in our own lives, and we uh, are seeing it uh, as we read the scriptures. And as we walk through Hebrews 11, we're going to be reminded uh, of the faithfulness of God and uh, just uh, praise his great name. Here's a, a definition that is just kind of a working definition of faith. Faith is trusting God and what he says to be true, even without seeing that reality uh, for ourselves. Now, we uh, come to uh, uh, salvation through faith in Christ, and it is uh, by grace uh, through faith that we are saved and nothing of our uh, doing. It is the gift of God, as Scripture would say, and it is uh, not the finish line uh, when we place our faith and trust in Jesus Christ, but it is the beginning of a life that is lived uh, by faith. And we recognize in uh, just the world that we live in that we live in a broken and sin-cursed world. And we're going to look today uh, at Abel. And in contrast, we're going to look at Cain. And so we're going to be in Hebrews 11, uh, focusing on verse 4, and then also walking through uh, Genesis chapter 4. And so we're going to look at at those texts together today. But we're going to see that by faith, we live lives of worship in a broken, sin-cursed world. Now, when we think about this world that we live in, uh, we understand that uh, the enemy uh, is uh, roaming about, the scripture would say, like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. And as we read of the story of Cain and Abel, we're going to see a, a moment where uh, the Lord in, in, in his uh, gracious response to Cain's offering, he's going to make this statement uh, that sin is crouching at your door. And, and you know, I, I want to just kind of lean in this morning with that recognition that as we walk in the midst of this broken world, that uh, there uh, is, is a battle that's raging for, uh, for our hearts and for our affection and for our worship. As we recognize that, I, I was on Friday night, I was uh, just going to walk outside, and, and many of you may have remembered, we, we had this little cat that showed up uh, to our house, and my family's highly allergic to this little cat, and so it's, a, it's an outside cat that we have inherited, and uh, I've noticed that this cat is growing pretty rapidly, and so I'm a little nervous about how many cats we're uh, inheriting in this moment, and so uh, we're, we're 
kind of getting used to this little, little cat being right outside our front door. Now, she doesn't necessarily want us to touch her or engage, but when you open that door, she's there. She just kind of craps down. Well, on, on Friday, I'd been, been marinating on this passage and just leaning uh, into the scripture that night and reading, and I ran outside to get something. And, and as I opened the door, I about stepped on a possum, right? And it, and it was one of these moments where, like, I mean, I'm not scared of a possum, you know, but like in the moment... Like I wasn't expecting a possum, you know? And so I'm like, whoa, buddy, what are you doing there? And, you know, I've been sent outside. We live in the world we live in here in the mountains. We can expect all things, all kinds of different things outside our house, right? I've been sent out uh, in the middle of the night in my underwear and found a a black bear on the back porch, right? I don't know uh, if he was more scared of me or of him, right? But it was a a moment. Like my wife's like, I hear something. I'm like, oh, it's nothing, baby. She's like, I can't sleep until you go out there. I'm like, I'll go check. And then like, you're like, whoa, the porch is yours, buddy. I have nothing uh, to say about that. We, we understand like there's going to be things outside. There's going to be uh, things that we uh, run into uh, along the way. And, and in the broken world that we live in, I want you to understand that sin is going to be crouching uh, at our door. That there's a, a reality that we are going to uh, either be killing sin, as John Owen said, or sin will be killing us. And so we want to lean in uh, to that reality Uh, this morning. I I read the prayer of one old guy. He said, dear Lord, he said, so far I've been all right. I hadn't gossiped. I hadn't cussed. I hadn't lost my temper. I hadn't been greedy, grumpy, nasty, selfish, or even ate too much today. And I'm really, really glad and kind of a little bit proud about that, but I'm fixing to get up, Lord. And when I get out of this bed, I'm going to need your help. Uh, We kind of recognize that, right? And we're going to look in Hebrews 11. We're picking up uh, Hebrews 10 gives this strong reminder that we are not, and these, these Hebrew Christians uh, that are uh, receiving uh, this word, that, that they are not of those who shrink back, right? That they're to press on, keep their eyes on Christ, that they are uh, to live by faith, and they're going to be given this encouragement uh, as they face hard times, as they face uh, difficult realities. And we said last week, and it comes out of Hebrews eleven six, 6, but we understand that faith is not simply one way uh, that we please God, but it is the only way that we please God. I want to invite you to stand with me. We're going to read Hebrews 11, uh, chapter, chapter 11, verse 1 through 4 uh, together. Um, you'll see that on the screen or take your copy of God's Word and, and turn there. And the Scripture says this, Now faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen. For by it the men of old gained approval. By faith we understand that the worlds were prepared by the word of God, so that that which is seen was not made out of things which are visible. By faith Abel offered to God a better sacrifice than Cain, through which he obtained the testimony that he was righteous. God testifying about his gifts, and through faith, though he is dead, he still speaks. Father, we are thankful for your word, God, and we are uh, expectant, Lord, of what you might do in our midst. Uh, this morning, God, we pray that, uh, that by faith, Lord, we would worship. God, that we would worship in a way that pleases you in the midst of a wicked world. God, that we would recognize that, uh, God, that, that out of our worship, Lord, we find strength. Uh, Lord, in, in just the reality of who you are to walk in the midst of the brokenness of this world, Lord, you tell us to walk by the Spirit and that we would not fulfill the lust of the flesh, Lord, the desires of the flesh. And so, Lord, while we recognize that sin is crouching, Lord, at, yes. at the door, uh, God, greater are you who is in us than he that's in the world, Lord, and in the power of Christ in us. 
Lord, we pray that we could walk worthy of the calling that you have in our lives. Lord, we love you. We praise you. We pray, God, if there's anyone here that has never just rested their full weight and their trust in you, uh, God, that today would be the day of salvation, that they would turn from their sin, Lord, and trust in you. God, we love you and we thank you. And we ask for your blessing on our time together in Jesus' name. Uh, amen. Now, we read in uh, verse 4 that by faith... Uh, and we see this, this work that Abel uh, is doing, like this offering that he uh, makes. We understand that a, a, his faith has a definite object, and that is uh, our great God. And, and what we've seen in, uh, and what he would have understood and what we would see in verse 3 of Hebrews 11 is that God is first. And what we see in Abel's uh, sacrifice is that by faith he's putting God First, right? When we read verse 3, it says, By faith uh, we understand that the worlds were prepared by the word of God, so that what is seen was not made out of things which are visible. And the author of Hebrews desires that, uh, that these believers, that the foundation of their faith would be resting in the word of God, right? And, and resting in the God of the word who is before all things. We would read as we open up uh, our Bibles in Genesis chapter one, that in the beginning, uh, God created the heavens and the earth. And what we understand is that God created everything uh, out of nothing. And, and what we understand is that's hard for our minds to even fathom, right? That God created everything in the Latin, it's ex nihilo. And he said this, this understanding that God has created out of nothing, that what was seen was not made out of things that uh, are seen or visible. And what we understand is that God has created the universe and everything in it. Now, we like to say we made stuff. Some of you were in a Sunday school class that had a little, uh, a little uh, breakfast this morning uh, in the fellowship hall. And as I was coming through there, uh, we could see biscuits and gravy and all kind of good desserts and all these things. And if you were to talk to some of the sweet folks in that Sunday school class, they would have said, you know what? I made this this morning. And, and what we understand uh, is that while that is true, what uh, the reality is that we took a bunch of stuff that was already made and we put it together and, and we uh, worked in it and made uh, something great. But what we understand is that God created out of nothing. And our great God, right, he is the uncreated creator, the self-sustaining sustainer, right, that he created everything out of nothing. And in the beginning, he created, and he created everything for his glory. We have a great and a mighty God, right? We read in Psalm 19 uh, that, that the heavens are telling the glory of God and their expanse is declaring the work of his hands, right? What is the purpose of all creation? We understand that God has created all things, including us for his glory. Isaiah 43 uh, verse 7 would tell us, everyone who is called by my name and whom I have created for my glory, whom I have formed, even who I have made, right? We understand that it is his world and, and that we walk in his ways and that we approach God. What we're going to see uh, today is that we approach God uh, according uh, to his ways. We don't come in our own ways. We don't come uh, in, in our, uh, in our uh, mind of, of saying this is, this is how we worship or this is what we do. Uh, we come in a way that pleases God. Now understand that when we read about this uh, creation, I've heard people say, well, God needed somebody to love. I want you to understand, uh, God was not lonely. Uh, he did not need uh, anyone to love, right? He, he was the, in perfect fellowship. He uh, was in need of nothing, and he created all things for his pleasure and for his glory. And when he created all things, what we understand is that all things that he created, they were 
Good. And when we read, now it didn't take us long, right, to mess this thing up. Uh, but when we read, right, everything was created and it was created uh, good. God saw all that he was made and it was very good, the scripture would say. And then he, uh, we understand that the way that he created humanity, the way that he created uh, Adam and Eve was different from the rest of creation. We'd understand uh, that God got down in the dirt uh, when it came uh, to creating man. And the scripture would say that he created man in his own image, in the Imago Day, right? In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them, right? And being made uh, in the likeness and the image of God, we are different from all creation. We have the ability uh, to worship God. We have the ability uh, to know God and to love him and to serve him and to live our lives for the glory uh, of his name, right? He placed man in the Garden of Eden. He gave him uh, a job, right, to cultivate and to keep it. And what we understand is, is that in the midst of that, uh, he gave them uh, sweet, I, I say that God's word is filled with sweet solutions for life, right? But uh, the enemy desired uh, that Adam and Eve and desired that they would believe that God uh, was withholding something from them, that God uh, was keeping something from them. And the Lord had commanded them. They said, listen, you can eat uh, from all the trees. Like, hey, when, when, when you go out, like you can have everything in that pantry. You can have everything uh, over here in the fridge. You can have, he's like from every tree, like you can eat. But from uh, the tree of knowledge, of good and evil, you shall not eat for the day that you eat from it, you will surely die. And in Genesis chapter three, right, we see the root of sin. We see uh, the brokenness and the spiral that we understand that we live in the midst of a sin-cursed and broken world, that, that we understand that Adam and Eve, right, disobeyed God. And, and, and because of that, in rebellion against him, uh, we understand uh, that we live now in the midst of a broken world and sin has polluted the human nature, right, of every person. And so we're gonna see uh, in the, the first children, right, we're gonna see uh, the, the brokenness, right? We're gonna see the, the root of sin in chapter three and we're gonna see the fruit of sin in chapter four. Now, one little boy said, hey, uh, did you know baseball was talked about early in the scriptures? And uh, the, the dad kind of looked at him and said, what are you talking about? And he said, well, in the big inning, he said in the beginning, he said, uh, uh, Eve stole first, Adam stole second, Cain struck out Abel, and the angels and giants uh, were canceled in a flood. So we, um, we read, <laughs> sorry, but... But right, we understand, right, that, 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 that there's a broken world that we live in. And what we read in Hebrews 11, 4, is that by faith, so, so, so the author of Hebrews is taking us all the way back to the beginning. And he says, by faith, Abel offered to God a better sacrifice than Cain. This, this better sacrifice, we're going to see there's a contrast there. And what we know is that by faith, Abel believed God's word to be true and his worship pleased God. By faith, he believed God's word to be true and his worship Please, God, turn to Genesis chapter 4. Let's look uh, just at this story uh, as we uh, just open the word of God together. But as we see that, we understand it in verse 1 of chapter 4, the scripture says, Now the man had relations with his wife Eve, and she conceived and gave birth to Cain. And she said, I've gotten a man child uh, with the help of the Lord. Now, this was the first child, and so I imagine there was some kind of crazy moments along that journey. Uh, Adam and Eve, they're probably uh, trying to figure this whole thing out, and all of a sudden, like, Eve's craving pickles, and he's like, I don't know, she's, 
She just wants pickles. I don't know what's going on, right? Maybe some ice cream. They don't have it then. But, but, but they're craving these things, right? And, and, and we understand, right, that she, uh, it gives birth to Cain. And, and from, from her perspective, right, they would have heard in Genesis 3.15, the first promise of this Messiah uh, that was to come. We, we would see uh, the, the Lord would, uh, would, would say to the devil in these moments, he would say, listen, there's coming a deliverer, a Messiah, who's going to crush your head. He, he words it this way, he says, he'll put enmity uh, between you and the woman, between your seed and her seed. He shall bruise your head and you shall bruise his heel. Now, keep in mind, Adam and Eve, they, they had no idea who this was going to be. And so in their mind, they probably thought, hey, uh, maybe he's the one. Maybe Cain is the one. The word Cain means acquired. And so they're thinking, hey, the Lord has given us uh, th- this, this offspring. And, 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 you know, we understand this was speaking of Jesus, but they you know, may have thought he was the one. And so what are they doing in this time, right? Verse two, we see that she gives birth to his brother, Abel. And so there's some things we don't know. What, some people ask me, like, what were they doing uh, in, in between verse one and two? All I can tell you is they were raising Cain, right? Sorry, that's another free one. I know, I know. She gives birth to, uh, to, her bro- to his brother, Abel. And Abel was a keeper of the flocks, but Cain was a tiller of the ground. So it came about in the course of time that Cain brought an offering to the Lord of the fruit of the ground. So we know some time passes and, and these brothers, they're going to bring an offering to the Lord. Verse four, Abel on his part also brought of the firstlings of his flock and of their fat portions. And the Lord had regard for Abel and for his offering. But for Cain and his offering, he had no regard. So Cain became very angry and his countenance fell. Now we wonder, we understand there's some differences in these two that are bringing offerings and there's some differences in the offering that they are bringing. And we have this passage in Hebrews 11 that, that points to some things about it. It says that there's a, a, a righteousness that Abel has because of his faith, right? That by faith, uh, he gives this offering and his testimony still speaks. Kent Hughes uh, says this, he says that to do a thing by faith, you must do it in response to and according to a word from God. So we, we know that Abel uh, understands that the world is all of a sudden in, in a wreck, right? And we understand that he uh, has heard those stories, that, that he uh, is aware of all these things, thanks to mom and dad, right? And, and we, uh, we understand we'd have done the same thing uh, if we were there, but there's a lot we don't know for sure. Uh, perhaps maybe Abel had followed some instruction that we don't have explicitly uh, seen in, in the, the text that the Lord uh, has given us. Perhaps maybe uh, you know, the Lord had instructed, perhaps God had said, hey, uh, the, the acceptable offering must be an offering uh, of a blood sacrifice, right? It must, be, uh, it must require the death of an animal. And we would, we would understand as we look at scripture where that could come from, but we don't know that. We don't see that uh, explicitly shared uh, in the text. It's possible uh, that that could be. Perhaps maybe it, it was a matter of the heart, perhaps uh, instead of, of it having to do with the produce, it had to do uh, more with the person and, and the, the heart uh, that Cain had as he approached this. But what we understand and what we can see without doubt is that there is an acceptable worship and there is an unacceptable worship. And so as we think about uh, this passage, we understand that, that the purpose of our worship is to please God. When we gather 
and we lift high the name of Jesus and we worship. The purpose of our worship is to please God. He calls his people to worship him correctly. Uh, this humble posture that we would have and we come to God on his terms, not our own. Cain, he, he desired to come to God his way. Uh, he was religious, but he was not righteous. And he came, uh, maybe, maybe he went through the motions, but his heart was not in it. He had this duty. Uh, maybe, maybe there's some of us that come to church that way. We're like, you know what? I got to go to church on Sunday morning and, and I'm going to go through the, the motions. I'm going to go to Sunday school. I'm, I'm here uh, so that my parents will be pleased or I'm here uh, because maybe I'm trying to win uh, this girl. I remember when I first started going to church, it was a, 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 a beautiful uh, lady that I was dating. That's why I went to church, right? I was there to please her and her dad, right? Maybe not so much about anything else. Now, the Lord was gracious uh, to Cain and he was gracious to me uh, in, in the way that he interacted. Uh, but, but Cain came his own way, right? And, and, and he came with, with, that, with a motive that did not please the Lord, right? And worship is not to please people. It is to please the, the Lord. H.B. Charles in his book on worship writes this. He says, after worship on Sunday, a member bluntly said to the pastor, I did not enjoy the service today. And reciprocating the member's bluntness, the pastor replied, that's okay. We weren't worshiping you. And that feels kind of blunt and it feels a little there, but there's a reality in that. Charles goes on to say, we got here too late and we will leave too early to claim any share in divine glory. The ultimate priority of true worship is that the Lord is pleased. See, the purpose of our worship is to please God and the way that we worship reflects the worth we ascribe to our great God. The way that we worship, it reflects the worth we ascribe to God. What we understand from, from the text about Abel is that Abel came with his very best. The scripture says it was the firstlings of the flock and the fat portions. He came with ribeye steak, right? He came with, with the best, right? He came in, in a way uh, that was pleasing God and what he brought was the first, right? And, and it doesn't specify with Cain. We don't know, uh, but so many things about his offering. It doesn't say that it was leftovers, but perhaps maybe, uh, maybe it was. Maybe he brought the fruit of the ground. Maybe it was just like whatever was excess, right? But what we can see in this text is God is to be in first place in our lives. And worship, true worship is not giving God what is left, but worship is giving God what is best. Right, worship is saying, it's not whether maybe if I have a few minutes extra on Sunday, I'll go to church, or maybe if I get time, I'll, I'll, I'll get in the Word. Maybe all these kind of postures that we can have, right? It is not about giving God what is left, but what is best. And we understand that worship comes from the heart. We understand that, that worship comes from our heart. God sees 1 Samuel chapter 16, verse 7 would remind us that God sees not as man sees, for man looks at the outward appearance. But God looks at the heart. Now, when we see Cain in this story, we get to verse 6 and we see the condition of his heart, right? We, we understand that the Lord says to Cain, why are you angry? And why has your countenance fallen? He comes to Cain in the midst of this moment. And, and it, it's encouraging to me that like there's so many times I feel like, like when I think about God, there, there's these, these moments where I look at my life and I'm like, I don't know why uh, he didn't just 
maybe just wipe me out. Like, I don't know. Like, I'm just like, man, he is long suffering toward me, right? There's so many times that I'm like, I can't even, I can't even imagine God's grace. And he comes to Cain in this, this, this critical moment. And the Lord says, why are you angry? Why is your countenance fallen? And then in verse seven, he says, if you do well, will not your countenance be lifted up? And if you do not do well, sin is crouching at the door and its desire is for you. But you must master it. Right, Cain comes without this right motive and right heart, and God is still gracious to him. I'm so thankful for his grace. Ephesians 4, verse 26 and 27 says, Be angry and yet do not sin. Do not let the sun go down on your anger, and do not give the devil an opportunity. And if we don't get anything else out of this text, we need to understand we need to get a hold of our anger before our anger gets a hold of us. We're going to see the first murder uh, in this text, right? And, and why is he angry? And we're going to, we're going to see that the reason for this later. We're going to see a, a passage in 1 John that will reveal this. But ultimately, like, he is angry because Abel uh, is making him look bad, right? And he's angry at God. Uh, Abel has highlighted that, right? And when we see righteousness and we see light, it reveals darkness. It exposes the darkness. And, and those those who are in darkness are not happy when the light reveals the brokenness and the things that are there. And, and God, he's like, if you do well, your countenance will be lifted. If you, you, you can conquer this. Like sin is, is, is creeping at your door. Sin is crouching at your door, right? It's lurking. It's looking. It's just waiting for that right moment. Like that possum was just interested in some cat food. But what we understand, like this picture of, the, of our adversary, the devil, roaming about like a roaring lion right seeking whom he made of our watching for those weak moments watching for those places where our worship is not in the right place and where our relationship with God right and we see in this text right that, that our relationship with God and our worship uh, to, to the one true God it affects our relationship uh, with, with everyone else it affects everything else in our life right and sin is crouching at the door and what you need to understand today it is only by God's grace that sin can be mastered it is only by God's grace, right? God continues to extend his grace and we understand either we will have victory over sin or we see this picture of we will be a victim of sin. We will, we will be uh, destroyed. It's his desire is for you, right? We understand that. John Owen would say, be killing sin or sin will be killing you. And what I understand is like, we need to deal with it early. You know, we read in James just the progression of thought and this thought that's left long enough that becomes a belief and becomes an action. And we need to recognize the lies of the enemy. We need to recognize the sin that's crouching at our door and we need to destroy it, right? Because if we're not, right, we will find ourselves overwhelmed. The scripture would remind us, right, that sin is crouching and there is, according to the scriptures, a way of escape. The Bible says that there's no temptation, but that such is common in man. And the scripture says that God will not allow us, right, to be overtaken by... But with that, we'll always provide. It won't be more than you can bear. The temptation will not be more than you can bear if you will get your eyes on Jesus. And, he, and with every temptation, he will provide a way of escape. And for some of us this morning, it is this service and it is these moments that we are reminded in that God is providing another way. Sin would love nothing more than to destroy you. But there is a way we must recognize and respond to God's grace before it is too late because you will Either master sin or sin will master you. That's 
Verse 8, Cain told Abel his brother. And it came about that while they were in the field that Cain rose up against Abel, his brother, and killed him. 1 John 3, verse 12 says this, Cain, who was of the evil one, and slew his brother. And for what reason did he slay him? Because his deeds were evil and his brothers were righteous. And Cain would rather kill his righteous brother than repent of being unrighteous. Now, this is not unique to this moment, right? We, we, we just see, we don't know what uh, Cain used to kill Abel, but we see uh, this continue to expand in wars all around and the things and, and the evil uh, that is all around and, and the righteous, right? That those that are living in sin would rather destroy the righteous than to repent of their unrighteousness. Verse nine, the Lord said to Cain, where is Abel, your brother? And he said, I don't know. Right, and so here's this, this moment that, that, he's, that, he's, that sin has overtaken him. He's committed murder, right? And, and the, the old timers, uh, my father-in-law and many probably long before him would say sin uh, will take you further than you want to go. It'll keep you longer than you want to stay and it'll cost you more than you want to pay. And, and what we understand is that this continues, right? And this sin that has crept into his life, he's murdered his brother. And now the Lord shows up and the Lord didn't ask him, where's your brother? Because he didn't know where his brother is, right? God knew exactly what was going on. And the scripture would tell us uh, that, that Abel's blood was crying out from the ground, right? And so there's these more lies. He says, I don't know. Am I my brother's keeper? Verse 10, he said, and what, what have you done? The voice of your brother's blood is crying to me from the ground, right? The first offspring, the first child kills his brother. The fruit of the fall, it's seen so quickly, right? It's seen so dramatic. Jude uh, 11 says this, woe to them for they have gone the way of Cain, right? The way of Abel, it's this humble dependence. The way of Abel, what we see in the text, that it is by faith. It is this humble dependence on God. We read in the scriptures that unless we come uh, like a little child, right? There's this faith of a little child, this just belief and this dependence on. Uh, it's this kind of picture that we would see, this way of faith, this humble dependence on God and the way of Cain, right? The way of a fool, the Proverbs 12 would say, the way of a fool is right in his own eyes. And this was the life that Cain lived. This was the life that he was in. God had made a way and he'd given instruction and he'd given things. And Cain says, I'm going to do it my way. He says, I'm going to walk in my plan and I'm going to live in my way. And listen, we must all make a choice. Will it be the way of Abel, the way of faith, or will we choose our way? And God in his grace steps into the midst of the moments with Cain. And he says, if you do well, if you choose faith, if you choose that, your countenance will be, and you'll experience the joy of relationship. You'll experience the joy. Your countenance will be lifted up. And right, so many right, in our world, right, they're trying to come to God in their own terms. There are so many people that will say, you know what, I feel this and I think this. And, and you know what, uh, all roads uh, will get you there. There's a lot of ways. But Jesus said, listen, there's one way. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And no one comes to the Father except through me. The only way that, that a relationship with the Father, that our relationship can be restored from the midst of the brokenness is through the shed blood of Jesus Christ. And when we place our faith and trust in the finished work of the cross, right? We are born again into the family of God and we must choose, right? We can choose the way of Abel, the way of faith, or we will choose the way of Cain. I'll do it my way. I'll earn my way. I'll do it my way. And when our worship is not right, 
See, this is what we see in this, this passage when our worship is not right, our walk is not right. And, and we wonder why so many are struggling. Could it be that even those uh, who, who have placed their faith and trust in Jesus Christ, that the enemy uh, has, has allowed idols and other things to be in front of them? And the, the main sacrifice in their life is becoming, uh, is going uh, to something other than the one true God. He is worthy of our worship. And the enemy doesn't care what else you worship as long as you worship something else. The enemy, the enemy could care less, right, what you worship. But anything that can take first place in your life other than God, that is his desire. And what is it that's fighting for first place in your life? You know, we sacrifice for all kinds of things. We sacrifice for work. We, 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 we have this balance and this tension in our life where we give of our time and our treasures, our talents. We give of certain things to get certain things. We sacrifice for our work, right? But we don't want our work to become an idol. We want our work. Uh, see, Cain, uh, he, he gave out of his work, right? We understand that, that worship uh, can come out of our work and our work is worship. Whatever we do, right? The scriptures would say we're to do it uh, for the glory of God. But when our work uh, becomes what we worship, all of a sudden then uh, we, we sacrifice our our families, we sacrifice uh, our children, we sacrifice our morals, we sacrifice our integrity for promotions, we sacrifice things so that we can somehow have our way and what we believe is important. We sacrifice for sports, we sacrifice for so many things, hobbies, all these things. But what is the greatest place of sacrifice in our lives? Question number one. The second thing is what sin is crouching at your door? What is it that's mastering you? What is it what is it that, it, and you know like what it is that, that's lurking to the side that, that, that would desire nothing more than to destroy. The scripture says that the enemy loves nothing more than to steal, kill, and to destroy. It, it, we would read uh, in John 10 that the enemy comes only, that that is only purpose, right? It's to steal, kill, and to destroy. And, and, the, and the, the way of Cain just furthers that way. The way of Cain says, I'm going to do it my way. And this, I'm going to be driven by myself and my desires and the things that I want. What sin is crying? Crouching at your door. And my prayer has been that the Spirit of God would, would convict the people of God anything that might be in that place in their life, anything that would, would be pounced and ready, man, and poised to destroy, anything that we've placed in a greater uh, place of worship than God. What is mastering you? And see, God in His grace, He gave Cain the opportunity to respond to His mercy. That's a place in this text that we can miss sometimes. He says, listen, you can choose a different way. This doesn't have to rule over you. It's desirous to, but you must master it. Abel killed by his brother. Cain rejected God's grace in those moments. And what we read in the scriptures is that the blood of Abel, that it cried out for justice and it cried out for mercy. What we would know is that Cain deserved death, that the rightful punishment that he deserved would be death. And, and, and we understand from the scriptures that like Cain, that we too deserve death, that the, 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 the just punishment for our sin is death, that we understand the wages of sin is death. But in God's grace, he comes this morning and reminds you the free gift of God is eternal life in Jesus Christ our Lord. Without faith, Hebrews eleven six, it is impossible to please him. For he who comes to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of those who seek him. Abel came by faith and it was counted as righteous. 
Hebrews 12, 24. We read this, and to Jesus, the mediator of a new covenant, and to the sprinkled blood, which speaks better than the blood of Abel. Abel's blood cried from the ground for vengeance and for judgment. But I want you to know that the, the shed blood of Jesus Christ tells a, a better story. It shouts out and says that if we've placed our faith and trust in him, that we are forgiven and that we have peace with God. As the, the old song says, oh, precious is the flow. That makes me white as snow. No other fount I know. Nothing but the blood of Jesus. The scripture says without the shedding of blood, there is no remission of sins. It is the, the blood of Jesus that cries out those who were once far off, those who were separated, those who, who were without hope, that those who were far off, that they've been brought near through the blood of Christ. The blood of Abel cries out for vengeance, but the blood of Jesus cries out with mercy and grace and offers forgiveness, right? And some of us, we need to hear that this morning. We've been trying to work and earn and, and somehow uh, make our status with God our own way, but we will only come through the way of the cross. Some of us have been saying, this is what I do for God. I come on Sunday morning and I give him an hour and I do this. And, and some of you have been saying, hey, I, I work and I, it, the reason that I'm going to be able to be in heaven is because I'm a pretty good person. But what we understand is that we are not, there's only been one good person and his name is Jesus. And the Bible says uh, that, that the one who knew no sin, that he became sin, that God, uh, uh, he was the propitiation, right? The payment that satisfied our debt, the payment that satisfied the wrath of God. And Jesus died on that cross and he, his blood, man, it speaks a better word. Cain wanted to come on his terms, but I pray that we would come on God's terms and that we would believe and trust in the finished work of the cross, that we would look to the cross and recognize that what Jesus did on that cross, that it counted for me, that what Jesus did on that cross, it was in my place and we rest in what, not what we've done for Jesus, right? We rest as followers of Jesus Christ on what Jesus has done for us and we live out of an overflow, right? We, we can't conquer this thing called sin. We can't do it on our own. There's no way. We have not the ability to do that, but Jesus, he has conquered sin, death, and the grave, and he gives us uh, the, the beautiful gospel that we believe and trust in him, and we receive the gift of the Holy Spirit, that then we begin not simply to live our lives for Jesus, but Jesus lives his life in and through us. We walk by the Spirit, and we do not fulfill, we don't cave in, right, to the desires of the flesh, right? We live by faith in the Son of God who loved us and gave himself for us. And by faith, my hope is that every person in this room would rest everything on Jesus and that we would trust him with everything. You know, last week we saw somebody uh, take a step of faith and pass from death uh, to life as they surrendered their life to Jesus Christ. And my prayer is this morning that if you've never trusted in Jesus, that today that you would rest your full weight on him you can't earn it. You don't deserve it. There's nothing that you could do to make yourself right before a holy God. But Jesus has already done all the work. The work is done. Will you believe and trust in him and by faith be counted as righteous? Let's pray. Father, we're grateful. God, we're grateful to gather here this morning, God. Not God, because we're good. 
Lord, we, we gather with access to the very throne room of heaven, not because of our good, but because of what Christ has done. And Lord, you, you tell us to come boldly before the throne. And God, I come this morning and I pray, God, on behalf of every person, whether they're online, uh, whether they're in this room, Lord, uh, God, I pray that, that this morning, God, that, that you would convict of sin. God, I pray that your Holy Spirit would allow us to see the sin that is crouching at our door, Lord, that, that desires to master us. And Lord, I pray that we would kill that sin. God, in the power of your spirit, God, that we would confess it. God, that we wouldn't keep it hidden and in us, but that we would confess our sin, God, and you tell us if we are. God, that you are faithful and just to forgive us our sin and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Lord, there's some of us that just need to kneel and, and just in, in a posture of repentance, right? Your grace, Lord, it showed up this morning. Lord, may we not respond like Cain, but may we respond in surrender, God, in repentance and faith. Lord, it is, it is through repentance and faith that we are saved and it is the way that we continue to live our life, Lord, in that posture of repentance and trust in you. Lord, I pray, God, that this morning, God, you would help us. God, if there's someone here that's never trusted in you for salvation, Lord, that your spirit might speak to their hearts. God, you said if you were lifted up, God, that you would draw all men to yourself, Lord, that we, we understand, God, that faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God, Lord, and we pray this morning, God, that you would birth faith in, God, in this room, Lord, that there would be people that would, God, just believe, God, that would take you at your word, God, that would put their whole weight, God, their whole lives, Lord, just trusted in you. God, help us to walk by faith, or whether it be a next step of baptism, salvation, Lord, to just deny ourselves and lay down sin, God, however you speak to our hearts. God, help us to live and walk by faith. God, that our worship might be pleasing to you. Lord, as we stand and as we worship you, God, we know that you look into this room, God, and you see the hearts of every person. God, you, God, the posture of our bodies, Lord, where we kneel, whether we lift our hands, all those things, God, they're beautiful. God, that same posture must be reflected on the inside for it to be meaningful. God, we love you. We thank you for the cross. We thank you for your great love for us. And we love you only, God, because you first loved us. Lord, help us walk in the way of faith. In Jesus' name, amen. Will you stand this morning?